Welcome to the Myth-Busting Lung Cancer Screening Podcast Series, hosted by Dr. Debbie Dyer. This podcast is brought to you by the American College of Radiology and the National Lung Cancer Roundtable. Hello, and welcome to the Myth-Busting Lung Cancer Screening Podcast Series for Lung Cancer Awareness Month. My name is Dr. Debbie Dyer, and I'm a thoracic radiologist in Denver, and I'm talking today with Dr. Patricia Rivera from the University of North Carolina. We're talking about myths related to lung cancer screening and clarifying perhaps some confusing areas or misconceptions that folks may have. So Patricia, welcome. And I'm interested to know your thoughts about the new proposed U.S. Preventive Services Task Force recommendations for lung cancer screening. Yes, the proposed revisions include reducing the uh, age from 55 to 50 for initiation of lung cancer screening and the total pack years from 30 pack years to 20 pack years. There was no change to the quit time. So it's still, if you quit more than at 15 years or greater, you're not eligible for, you don't meet criteria for screening. And that Reduction in age and pack years was really an important and I think change. And it's based on a study that was published last year, the Southeastern Cohort Study. The lead author was Dr. Melinda Aldrich, who was one of the, the co-chairs in the ATS Disparities a Policy Statement. And what they looked at was the number of lung cancer cases in African-Americans and what percentage of those individuals who had been diagnosed with lung cancer would have been eligible for lung cancer screening under the current existing guidelines. And as expected, African-American men were less likely to meet criteria for screening because of a lower pack year smoking history and age. And they proposed decreasing the pack year history to 20 years. But it's very difficult to create specific guidelines for different groups because lung cancer screening already is pretty confusing to individuals. If anything, we want to make it easy, right? We want to Mm -hmm. make it so that patients and providers understand what the criteria are so that as many patients who are eligible can benefit from enrolling in screening. The USPSTF decreased the age in smoking as a proposed effort to decrease racial disparities in hopes of capturing more African-Americans. Unfortunately, I don't think we have sufficient evidence that decreasing the age and the pack years is enough to ensure equitable screening for all individuals who have increased risk of lung cancer. In fact, when we looked at the data for our proposal for our statement on disparities, we compared the existing 2013 and the proposed 2020 And really, I concluded that the proposed guidelines are not going to diminish the disparities. Mm -hmm. And again, a better approach is likely going to be using the guidelines once they are revised, as well as risk assessment to ensure that all individuals at increased risk will be be captured. I know I've heard you speak before about the use of those risk assessment models. Can you describe how you use those in your practice? The, um, I use a, an excellent web-based tool for shared decision-making that is called shouldiscreen.com. 
It was developed by researchers at the University of Michigan. And that web-based tool has a risk prediction model embedded that uses multiple variables, not just age and pack years and when did you quit, but incorporates critical information such as race and sex, prior history of cancer, family history of lung cancer, COPD, weight and, and height. And that model, which it takes five minutes with the patient in the room, plugging in the variables, will give you a calculated risk in the next six years that then you can show. It's a very easy to understand display of where an individual falls within the, the risk of lung cancer to try to explain the benefits. And sometimes, you know, individuals are very low risk and yet they meet criteria for screening, however, may have significant comorbidities that might preclude benefit from screening. If we find an abnormality and we, you know, go down the, the path of biopsies, we potentially could hurt very low risk individuals, uh, low risk for cancer who have significant comorbidities that will impact the outcomes from screening. So that's what I use in my practice. There is a lot of push about risk prediction models because they take too much time. And again, one of the barriers to lung cancer screening is physician time, right? To be able to conduct shared decision-making effectively. We're also rushed primary care physicians in particular. I don't find it taxing. It's part of this very wonderful tool that I use already to explain the benefits and the potential risks of lung cancer screening. And I do think it helps individuals understand a little bit more about lung cancer risk and why this procedure is, or you know, this intervention, if you will, is beneficial. Another benefit in my practice for assessing risk is, as you know, as a radiologist, adherence to annual lung cancer screening is critical, right? We know that the benefits of, lung, of screening for anything, breast cancer or lung cancer, is patients coming back annually for their screening test. And we know that the adherence rates in lung cancer screening are very low across the nation. And I, I believe that if an individual is much more aware of their potential risk, if you will, oh, my risk is you know, 10%, you know, I better think about doing this and adhering to my uh, screening test every year. And I think it may also be very helpful in understanding the importance of tobacco treatment as part of the continuum of lung cancer screening. Wow, those are just very important points. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on that. I think that uh, we, we do look forward to having the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force final recommendations. But as you've outlined, I think there's, there's more work for us to do. And I, I like how you've talked so much about engaging the patient and making the patient understand perhaps better their risk. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate your time and um, uh, thank you so much for all that you do. So, thank you, Debbie. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by the American College of Radiology and the National Lung Cancer Roundtable. 